and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar, and as you look at what's going on in the world, you can't help but realize that we are living in the last days. We need to put our trust in something that is eternal, not of this world. That is Jesus Christ, our confident hope. How do we do that? By getting to know him, by studying his word. I pray that as you hear this message, it will encourage you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. The prophet Haggai. Obey Almighty God, seek him first, and delight in the Lord. Time-wise, the prophet Haggai coincides with the book of Ezra. Haggai is the prophet God sent to give the returning Jewish exile a pep talk. We as Christians living in today's world could use a pep talk too. Let's dig in. Haggai 1, a call to rebuild the temple. On August 29th of the second year of King Darius's reign, the Lord gave a message through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. The people are saying the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. That's what the people are saying. Then the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. You have planted much but harvest little. You eat but are not satisfied. You drink but are still thirsty. You put on clothes but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. Sounds like life today. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look at what's happening to you. Now go up into the hills and bring down timber and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You hoped for rich harvests, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. While all of you are busy building your own fine houses, it's because of you that the heavens withhold the dew and the earth produces no crops. I have called for a drought on your fields and hills, a drought to wither the grain and grapes and olive trees and all your other crops, a drought to starve you and your livestock and to ruin everything you have worked so hard to get. Obedience to God's call. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of God's people began to obey the message from the Lord their God. When they heard the words of the prophet Haggai, whom the Lord their God had sent, the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave the people this message from the Lord. I am with you, says the Lord. So the Lord sparked the enthusiasm of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the enthusiasm of Joshua, son of Jehoshaphat, the high priest, and the enthusiasm of the whole remnant of God's people. 
they began to work on the house of their God, the Lord of Heaven's armies, on September 21st of the second year of King Darius's reign. Now let's talk about the timing here before I get to the next chapter. So Zerubbabel set, set out with the first returning exiles in 538 BC during the reign of King Cyrus. Darius succeeded Cyrus, and 17 years later, in 520 BC, God had to send Haggai and Zechariah, now he's next, he's coming up next, we'll, be, we'll start him tomorrow, to give the, people's, the people a pep talk. And you can take a look at um, Ezra chapters one through three and then four through six. And so if you've missed those, you can backtrack in the podcast or click on over to my blog and check out the blogs on those chapters. Haggai chapter two, the new temple's diminished splendor. Then on October 17th of that same year, the Lord sent another message through the prophet Haggai. Say this to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of God's people there in the land. Does anyone remember this house, this temple, in its former splendor? How in comparison does it look to you now? It must seem like nothing at all. But now the Lord says, be strong, Zerubbabel, be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people still left in the land. And now get to work, for I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. My spirit remains among you, just as I promised when you came out of Egypt. So do not be afraid. For this is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. You know, when you think about that phrase, Lord of heaven's armies, come on. There's no army on earth that can compare to heaven's armies. Just think about that. Pause and think about that. All right. In just a little while, I will again shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place, I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Blessings promised for obedience. On December 18th of the second year of King Darius's reign, the Lord sent this message to the prophet Haggai. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. Ask the priest this question about the law. If one of you is carrying some meat for a holy sacrifice in his robes and his robe happens to brush against some bread or stew, wine or olive oil or any other kind of food, will it also become holy? The priest replied, no. Then Haggai asked, if someone becomes ceremonially unclean by touching a dead person, then touches any of these foods, will the food be defiled? And the priest said, and answered, yes. Then Haggai responded, that is how it is with this people and this nation, says the Lord. Everything they do and everything they offer is defiled by their sin. Look at what was happening to you before you began to lay the foundation of the Lord's temple. 
When you hoped for a 20 bushel crop, you harvested only 10. When you expected to draw 50 gallons from the wine press, you found only 20. I sent blight and mildew and hail to destroy everything you've worked so hard to produce. Even so, you refuse to return to me, says the Lord. Think about this 18th day of December, the day when the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Think carefully. I am giving you a promise now while the seed is still in the barn. You have not yet harvested your grain and your grapevines, fig trees, pomegranates, and olive trees have not yet produced their crops. But from this day onward, I will bless you. Promises for Zerubbabel. On that same day, December 18th, the Lord sent this second message to Haggai. Tell Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, that I am about to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overthrow royal thrones and destroy the power of foreign kingdoms. I will overturn their chariots and riders. The horses will fall and their riders will kill each other. But when this happens, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will honor you, Zerubbabel, son of Shelatiel, my servant. I will make you like a signet ring on my finger, says the Lord, for I have chosen you. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. And that's the end of the book of Haggai. It is short, but it is powerful. All right, so here are the key points. Remember at the end of Ezra chapter three, that the elders who recall the magnificence of Solomon's temple were crying. You know, they remember the, the magnificence of, you know, uh, of that temple. I mean, it was, it was, Solomon just went all out. And um, if and you need to click on over to my blog and I've got um, um, in, in there, the Solomon's temple article, I have picture, pictures of drawings of what it, may have looked like um and um there you know the the one that they're rebuilding you know is nowhere near that because all of the you know every, i mean it, it it jerusalem was totally sacked by by the babylonians and they carried off like everything okay now it's interesting then that god had haggai test the priests if a holy, blessed person touches something, it does not become holy. Yet, if a person becomes defiled, full of sin, they can defile everything they touch. That's how sin works, like yeast in dough and giving Satan a foothold, like cancer. So far, their crops have not yielded what they should because of their sin. They got lazy. They procrastinated the building of the temple. If they get their act together and rebuild the temple, they'll be blessed with a good crop. Be aware that that doesn't apply to everyone all the time. That was then, right? But here are the future prophecies. When Jesus comes back, the fourth temple will be the most glorious ever. And God showed it to Ezekiel. If you missed that one, click on over on my blog, click on Ezekiel and take a look. God will shake the heavens and the earth. And that's all laid out in the book of Revelation. Okay, And I've done a study on the book of Revelation. Uh, it's basically, you better, you know, get, you know, get with God or you'll be sorry. He will shake up kings and nations. Their armies will fail. Now, Zerubbabel is, is King David's lineage and Jesus is one of his descendants. And if you're not familiar with that, 
Matthew chapter 1 has Jesus's whole lineage in there. So he has kept David's lineage going. In the meantime, here's a little pep talk for us Christians who are patiently and dutifully waiting on Jesus's return. Now David wrote, and we're in Psalm 37, starting in verse 1. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like a noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Then Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else or first and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. That's need, not want, need. Paul wrote, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. That's in Colossians 3, 2. And he also wrote in Philippians 4, 8, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. <clears throat> And then I have a little, a little longer one, but I wanted to put this whole thing in there because it packs a powerful punch. Second Corinthians chapter four, starting in verse one, Paul wrote, therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God and all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. That was 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Then a little further down in 2 Corinthians, um, actually back in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 2, 5. Is that correct? No, I got that wrong. I'm sorry. That's 2 Corinthians 5. Uh, chapter 5, verse 20. I got it wrong. I got to fix it on the block. So 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 20. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back 
to God. Finally, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. The day of his return is drawing near. Yes. We Christians have a lot of work to do. I know many of you have grown lazy and complacent and stopped attending church in person. You're too comfortable sleeping in on Sundays and watching the service on Facebook or YouTube. That was fine during the pandemic, but it's over, thank God. It's time to come back to church. In person, you feel the Holy Spirit. It's just not the same watching online. We are God's workers while Jesus is in heaven preparing a place for us. He'll be back very soon. And he charged us with spreading the good news and making disciples who make disciples. That weekly message is a pep, is the pep talk we need to keep doing his work during the week. Do you have the Holy Spirit? He is the free gift that Jesus gives all of his born again believers. So if you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way, non-stop ticket to heaven after you die, or that you won't be left behind at the rapture, which can happen at any moment. Come, Jesus, come. This is what you have to do. Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift of grace and confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do. There's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on open my blog and click where it says, how to invite Jesus into your heart. And in the bottom of today's blog, two very appropriate songs, Take Me Back, Dry Bones. Solideo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Are you a born-again Christian with Catholic friends or family members? Have you struggled with how to bring up the truth of Jesus' salvation? I had the same problem, so I put together a free ebook, The Catholic Mission Field in Our Backyards. It's a guide to help you start the conversation and plant the seed that will get them thinking, am I missing something? Check it out. It's a free download on my website. You'll find the link in the show notes. Oh, please, let me know if it helped you. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. 
Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.